everybody. Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk Graham and I'm here with Pastor Logan. Hello. Uh, so grateful for all of you tuning in, listening. Just want to say an initial encouragement right off the bat. This is a great opportunity to uh, share the podcast with your friends and family. We're trying to grow uh, the reach of this podcast. The goal is that this is benefiting the people a part of our church. So if you've got friends, family that have not been tuning in, uh, this podcast is for them if they're a part of our church. So grateful that you're here. Logan is in Florida uh, with the River Valley Network, on the road with the River Valley Network. Logan, what are you doing? Yeah, it's crazy. It it, it doesn't, usually when I'm in Florida, I want to be like, yeah, like when you're back home, it's so cold and you're miserable. I looked at the weather this week and it's, I mean, it's the most crazy, like, like this may sound a little brash, but it's like, I just mean it as a joke, friends. It's just a joke. But like, it looks like the weather app is drunk, you know, like, like it's 20 one day and then 70 coming. It's crazy. So, uh, it, it's, it's warmer down here. It's in the eighties, but we actually, uh, have a lead pastor round table that we're hosting, which is awesome. So again, one of my roles in the network is to help lead this. And so we have 12 lead pastors and most of their spouses came along as well. Uh, we know they wouldn't come to Minnesota in February normally. If the weather was like this, maybe they would have. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but yeah, it's it's an awesome time that we've had just coaching up, training up these pastors. Well, uh, what, what's the landscape of some of the churches that are there? Uh, some of the churches that these lead pastors are leading, um, are they multi-site churches? Are they large churches? Are they church plants? Um, who are some of the people that you're investing into and Pastor Rob's investing into just the last couple of days? Yeah, sorry. I, I got something in my throat, so I was coughing. But um, it's like, you know, when like a feather goes down and it's just like a feather is stuck in your throat on a podcast, not the right time for it. Little, feather. Uh, pop, little popcorn kernel. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's, it's an amazing group of people. We've hosted all sorts of groups, but this is actually our a group of a lot of lead pastors that are leading multi-site churches. So like the average size church is just under 2,000 um, here all over the country. We have people from Oregon and New Jersey, New York area, from Florida here, from Nebraska, Indiana. I mean, people from all over the country. And so it's an amazing group. And they're leaning in. This group alone gave, I think, with if you don't include us, I think they gave five or six million to Kingdom Builders, just their churches, and so they're yeah. they're doing Kingdom Builders. They're leaning in. Um, they're doing multi-site, and so really just training them up in the network and all the things that we're learning. We talked about staff development today. We talked about generosity, Kingdom Builders. We talked about um, how we can send more money to missions around the world. So again, a big part of my role is these these type of events that we help host all around the country. Well, um, for somebody that's listening, uh, it may be obvious to us, but somebody's listening. Why is it a part of our mission and vision to have Pastor Rob spending time with other lead pastors? Like, how is that a part of our purpose as a church? Well, here's what's funny. He actually said that, like a rhetorical question to the group today. And he said, one of your responsibilities as a leader is to make alliances. And he said, think about the kings of old. Like part of their responsibility is you make alliances with people that can benefit each other. Now, we as the body of Christ are an alliance together, but the truth is 
you know, even in our community, like there's churches down the road that you've never been to and you may never walk into. And that's okay. But there are churches locally and globally, somewhere from Minnesota actually, um, you know, had someone who used to be on staff for River Valley um, that's that's here at the, the round table. We're still in relationship. And so th- there's there's this community of people that we want to be better and we share ideas on how we can minister better. But also, most people don't know this, I think it's 40% of pastors say if they had another job they could leave, leave to, they would quit the ministry because of stress. So there's there's that aspect to where there's so many pastors that they can't be vulnerable and accountable and honest to people because they're leading them in their church. And so they need other people that they can help pastor them, help be a small group for them because they're constantly preaching and required to lead in this way. So that's one one thing. And then in, in the alliance factor that, that um, Pastor Rob was kind of joking about, we're better together because we can do more together and we, we hear all the time from people that are moving to a different place and say, oh, well, what church should I be a part of? We have relationships all over. With uh, the, the last part is the multiplication aspect. We can influence River Valley. If we doubled our kingdom builders, that would be you know $22 million or $23 million if we doubled our kingdom builders. That would take an immense amount of work. Even to go from 10.5 to 11.5 was crazy amount of work. But if we can you know, grow by 20% in our network, you're going to see tens of millions of dollars or potentially hundreds of millions of dollars of growth to missions and to all of that. And so we believe what God is doing at River Valley is not exclusive to us, but God's doing something amazing. And with our locations all around the state of Minnesota and around the world, we want to be an impact to other churches and they lean in. And then, I don't know, the last I've said the last thing, I think three times, but I think truly the last thing is, Pastor Rob, my parents, they're some of the greatest just leaders in the world, and they want to give that to as many people that are going to advance the kingdom of God as possible. They don't want to be exclusive. And so I actually think some people at the church might say, oh, well, that's that's a negative side. I actually think it's their heart is they're not trying to say, we only want to grow our thing. We want to help churches all around the world and pastors who need that level of leadership, who need to be coached, who can learn from lessons that we've uh, had along the way. And then last, like lastly, 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 we want to bring the best ideas back to you. I've heard some awesome ideas about ministries that people are doing that we would have never found out about if we wouldn't have heard some examples from people here. And so we just want to do great ministry together. Great answer, and hopefully that helps you as a listener. Like, because sometimes you can get cynical of like, man, they're always just. I feel like they're just out out doing stuff, and it's like, yep. Uh, Pastor Rob always teaches on the parable of the talents that if you're if you're given talents from the Lord, uh, and let's call them gifts and and talents and insights and wisdom and experience, you don't bury that in the ground, and right. you don't hoard it at home. But you say, no, this is a resource. I need to see this multiply time over uh, time and time again to expand the kingdom. And so that's what Pastor Rob's doing. That's what you're doing. That's what our network is for, to multiply what God is doing at our church. It's not just for River Valley, but it's for the kingdom of God and for other churches around the country, around the world. So glad that you're there. And honestly, I'm glad to be here in the 60-degree weather in Minnesota in February. So you go ahead. You mentioned the, obviously this podcast share with friends, but we do have kind of a kind of a big update coming soon. Let's go. That, 
that you're actually recording this right now from our new Central Ministries Center, and we're about to move in to our new Central Ministry Center in Burnsville, and uh, it's we we'll have a new podcast studio. It won't be the the podcast studio won't be done for about a month, but the we're moving in next week to our new building. And it is incredible. And if you may wonder, like, wait, uh, what building is that? We had a former Central Ministry Center that we actually sold because we outgrew it. And actually, from a, from the transaction standpoint, it worked out really well. It, it went to another church, so it stayed in the church family. And then for us, we're moving into a new building that's bigger. And we actually got to, from an affordability standpoint, it was like a lateral move. It didn't cost us all that much more to get a much bigger space. And it's going to allow us to do a lot more content creation, allow us to do more of what God is calling us to do from a ministry standpoint. And so uh, I'm sure people who are listening at some point will find their themselves there. It's not going to be a place where we do a church campus, but it's for studios, offices, meetings, um, host potentially, you know, some smaller group trainings and events and things like that. But that's a huge step for us. We've been, uh, working out of campuses for the last uh, seven months or so. And for those who think like, oh, that's awesome. That's great. It was, it was fun, but we don't have enough offices for everybody. So we're kind of all on top of each other. So this is a big step for us. Yo, I'm laughing because uh, when we moved out of our old central, they were like, it's going to be six weeks. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to hold on six weeks. Some of you going to work at Apple Valley. Some of you going to work over at Shockby. You got six weeks, which reminds me honestly of back in the day when they were like, it's going to be two weeks to flatten the curve, two weeks right. of lockdown to flatten the curve. And somehow society bought that. And it was two years of, of lockdowns and cancellations and all that. And for us as a staff, it was six weeks to uh, flatten the central curve to get into our new building. And, it's like nine months later, we're <laughs> finally moving into this building that is in Burnsville. And I'm very excited. Some companies or churches even would call their central location a headquarters, but we intentionally, we don't call it HQ. We don't call it headquarters. We're a church. And so it is called the Central Ministries Center. And that matters. Language matters. Titling matters because this well, is not a business. It's not a headquarters, but this is a place that helps that good ministry will come out of, but it helps facilitate greater ministry at the campuses and investing into churches around the world. Right. And, and our headquarters are our locations, our campuses. And then from there, even our headquarters is your house where you lead people to Jesus and you lead your small groups. Like, I mean, we talked about it. We, I feel like we need to even talk about it more. And, and I know you talked about it recently too in preaching, but like our headquarters has got to be, where you're planted. That's what God is calling you to do. And so own that. Like your neighborhood is your headquarters of evangelism and ministry. Your workplace is your headquarters of evangelism. Like, you know, even the campus, it's a tool. Yep. But we we love that God has allowed us to have these locations and buildings and campuses around. But like God lives inside of us. That is enough for the beginning for us to build this church off of. And then be a part of the lifeblood of the church and, and help us build it. Oh, yeah. You're preaching now. I'll, I'll get on that, dude. <laughs> Preach it, Logan. Uh, it, but you're exactly right. You are the temple of God. Your body is a temple of God. And so that's the headquarters, man. And uh, grow it, build it, train it, educate it, fill it with the Holy Spirit, and uh, 
let's see people saved, you know? So that's absolutely right. This, this is kind of on the same vein, but we got a question from Phil. Yeah. And uh, just, just want to reiterate to those listening. I, we see the data. We see that there's hundreds of people listening. We need you to ask more questions. Yeah, dude, we're ready. you can reach out to us every, every Monday. I think the River Valley MN posts the questions you can ask. Or you can DM Kirk or me, and we'll put them in the the Google sheet that we got. And I do, um, I actually do get a lot of questions. The problem is, I'm putting out all this like uh, just parenting, like small yeah. little clips. So most questions are parenting. I don't want this. Shouldn't be the parenting podcast. So I'm, yeah. People, if you have theological questions, questions about the weekend, questions about our church, um, just in general, feel free to reach out. So what what you're saying is people don't want to ask me questions. They'd rather ask you questions separately outside of this because they'd rather just hear what you have to say. No, no, I think I think people <laughs> don't people ask you questions about your dogs? No. <laughs> no. Come on. Just be like totally savage. Just I just rage quit and just turn this off. No, listen, you're uh I did actually just see a clip of Dana White walking out on an interview because he was disrespected. Um so that was I epic. To, I don't post on social very much, but I need to. Listen, I I, you've been I saw great- your I saw your twenty twenty four goals and on there had something to do with uh you getting yourself out there a little yes, bit. And I'm for it. it. I'm for it and I'm so behind speaking- you and I'm praying for you and believe great things for your future. Speaking of twenty twenty four goals. We golfed yesterday. I can't remember what day it was. Yesterday. And my, one of my goals was to shoot a 77 in golf. My best round I've ever shot is a 78. Going into hole 15, I was plus five. So if I if I parred the last four holes, I would have got a 77. And I bogeyed three out of four. And I shot an 80. <laughs> And I was so mad. I was so what, mad. Uh, what course did you play, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> I won't tell you because that's where my father-in-law lives. And I'm not going to dox, dox him, him like you dox me. All right. <laughs> um, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, Phil's question. That's where I yeah, was going. Yeah, we're ready. Ecclesiastes 3. In, this, in the question in Ecclesiastes 3.22, and I'll read it in a second. Is it a rhetorical one or is there an answer your thoughts? So if anyone asks a question about Ecclesiastes, you know they're reading the word. You know they're they're oh, deep. Yeah, deep. And if you haven't watched the Bible Project video on Ecclesiastes, I would very much encourage you to. They always make great videos, but that one especially is very I've watched it several times. Ecclesiastes is a book that's wisdom literature. So it's written in a format that's a little bit different. It's more poetic. Um, most people would say this is, you know, I mean, it talks about Solomon being, uh, the writer that, that is, but it's written in, in a format that there's actually a narrator to where he's narrating this, this book. And so there's, uh, it's, it's not written as, as much as the other books are like Paul's letters. It's not an epistle. It's not a historical book. It's, it's a wisdom literature. And so it's a different style of literature. So in order for us to understand it, we've got to consider that, that it's poetic language, it's it's wisdom language. And so um, you talked about verse 
22 specifically, Phil, but I'm going to read this whole section because I think it puts it in context, which I think is an important thing for us to do in scripture. And then Kirk and I can share kind of what we think it means. We did a little bit of research as well, reading some other people's perspective, which I think is always helpful, not just say, this is what I think it means. It's, no, this is what I think, this is what people who've researched it, this is what the language isn't implying. But you know, starting in verse 16, this is Ecclesiastes, verse three, buckle up. Again, wisdom literature, it's, it's written differently. Moreover, I saw under the sun, this is verse 16, that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness, and in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every matter and every work. I said in my heart with regard for the children of man that God is testing them that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beast is the same as one dies, so dies the other. So he's basically comparing humans and animals. They're like the same. He's kind of like, it's. there's no big deal. But then he's going to share a big different differentiation. He said, they all have the same breath. Man has no advantage over the beast for all is vanity. All go to one place. All are the dust and to all are from the dust and to the dust all return. That's maybe a, a phrase you've heard before. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of beasts goes down into the earth. And this is verse 22 that he's asking. So I saw that there is nothing better than a man should rejoice in is his work, for that is his lot. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? That's the question. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? Now it's very confusing Kirk and I are going to take the next few minutes to explain what that means, but I actually think that it's a very important message, and I'm glad Phil brought it up. Yeah, it's a great question, and I love diving into Scripture, and and um, that section of Scripture, uh, is, you might you might depending on what translation you're reading or what Bible you're reading, that section in my Bible says from dust to dust. Yeah, my dust and, too. And, um, you know, that's something that's said of humans, you know, we came from dust, you know, um, God breathed into dirt and made humanity, Adam and Eve in the garden or Adam, I should say, and, and Eve made from Adam's rib, but from dust to dust, we were made from dust. And one day when we die, our physical bodies are going to return to dust, you know, and that's just what happens in life. I love that this section talks about some of the, some of the differences between, humans and animals. And I'll just share this quick story that uh, it was a few years ago, my daughter was in kindergarten, uh, my oldest daughter, and she came home and she said, dad, I learned today that we are animals. And I said, nope, uh, no, we're not. You know, I understand what they're trying to teach, you know, like, okay, we're, we're mammals because we breathe oxygen and we um, have hair and, you know, and and I, I got to explain to my daughter, no, we are different than animals. Um, and humans are different, different than animals, different than the angels. Um, we were made in the image of God. No animal on earth and no angel is created in the image of God. In fact, angels look on in awe. They can't believe we were created in the image of God. And you know, there's who, who's the God we believe in. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three in one. It's a it's a mystery and it's amazing. But we we as humans also 
we're made three in one, body, soul, and spirit. Soul is mind, will, and emotions, and spirit is the essence of our being, the essence of the uniqueness of who we are, not just physical uniqueness, not just uh, personality uniqueness, but our eternal self, you know? And in the Garden of Eden, we were made to live forever, uh, and then sin entered this world and brought upon death. Death is the separation of our soul and spirit from our physical body. Like if you if you want the definition of death, it is our soul and spirit leaving our body. And this section to not not just to me, but also as I'm looking in what what I have before me, the New Bible Commentary, it's really talking about the fact that animals. They go dust to dust, and and it's over. But humans, we go dust to dust, and our lives are just beginning into eternity when we're found in Jesus. Um, and obviously, this is Old Testament, but people of God, our lives are not over just because we're separated from bodies. We're actually going to get a new body, uh, a glorified body. And so I, I'm just starting the conversation and Logan, you can have a little back and forth here, but I, I love that we're not like the animals. We don't just live and then die, but we will live and die, be separated from our earthly body, be given a heavenly body and live for all eternity in heaven. If we don't have Jesus, we are going to live for all eternity in hell. Well, I, I think what's so unique about that is what you are sharing is kind of the fast forward interpretation of the Christian view of what we gather from this. At the time, Jesus hadn't returned at this point. Yep. And so there was doubts and there was questions around, okay, what is it that, you know, that dies? All are from dust and dust will return. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of beast goes down to all the earth? Who, who knows? What he's saying is, who can bring him to see? It's only God that knows. But, but that's in Ecclesiastes we see in the New Testament that God tells us. And so the author of this, and that's why it's so important to take the whole Bible into account when you're reading this, and you alluded to this, Kirk, but I'm saying to, to Phil for yep. asking this question. The author of Ecclesiastes didn't know about Jesus. He, God, obviously, who inspired this did, but he didn't know that Jesus was was coming back, that he was gonna die. I mean, they knew that a Messiah would eventually come, but he didn't know it would be Jesus. And so we read this with our foreknowledge of the New Testament, of this sacrifice, and of everything. And so I'd encourage you that maybe there's people in your life that feel like, are they that way that they're like, we're just going to go from dust. It's not a big deal. It's no big deal. No, we have the message of hope that the dot, dot, dot at the end of this chapter, it's not actually there, but I'm saying is pointing them right to Jesus, which is the reminder that we believe as Christians, this whole book was written about Jesus. Every bit of it points right back to Jesus. And so when you read that question, who can bring him to see what we will be after him? The truth is that the New Testament tells us that God is, the or Jesus is the way to God. Jesus made the way. And so for us, yes, our physical bodies turn to dust. Yes, in that way, we're just like the animals. But what he's saying is, I know there's something more, but we won't ever experience that or we, we won't ever know that until we experience that. And so now rejoice in the work, 
Rejoice in what's calling you. This is what you have today. But what we now know in the New Testament is that's not all what we have today. We have the promise. We have the gift of Jesus Christ and everything that he's done for us on the cross. And so to me, I'd say you can't read this passage without the acknowledgement of what is yet to come in the New Testament. So on, yeah. on its own, Ecclesiastes seems like, wow, that's a very depressing book. But you see this constant repetition of, if this is all we have to hope for, it's not worth it. It's not enough. But what we know is you open up the book of Matthew and you see, boom, big reveal. It's been here all along. It just took longer than people wanted it to. Yeah. And literally the book of Matthew takes you through the genealogy from Adam all the way to Jesus. And so it is this huge reveal that the, the fall in the garden is tied all the way to the son of God, born of a virgin, Jesus, and he came to save the world. Pretty amazing. And, I, you know, just with Ecclesiastes 3.22, who can bring to, uh, him to see what will be after him? It's like, even in the New Testament, we are saved by grace through faith. So we, we know the truth in faith, Right. We will know in reality when we open our eyes in heaven for all eternity. And so um so part of it is still true for us today is like we we will know in the sense of seeing and feeling and experiencing in a more present way as we get into eternity. And th- so much of the so much of our faith is there's paradox. Like we know now and we will know. Um, you want to know what one of ahead. my favorite songs is? Go ahead. The song by Mercy Me, I Can Only Imagine. I can only imagine. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah, there right you go. There. Hey, I can only imagine. I bet you that was written based on Ecclesiastes 3.22. Maybe. I mean, Who there's a know? movie about it. I didn't see the movie. Who could but- know, man? But honestly, that song, I'm telling you, it's an old song. It's one of the best, you know. Surrounded by my... I don't know. Okay. Uh, but I did want to say this about work. So the first part of the verse... distracted us. Uh, nothing better than a man should rejoice in his work. And he, he, uh, listen, rather than being depressed about that, realize that you were made to work hard. You were made to work hard. And honestly, we're living in a culture that kind of glorifies rest and relaxation and I need my space and I need my time and I need my mental health. And I'm I, I'm pro rest and I'm pro Sabbath. I'm pro, uh, you know, mental health, all of that. But that doesn't negate the fact that you were made to work hard. And you see it in the story of creation and how God uh, put Adam to work right away. You were made to work hard six days a week and rest one. When in life, you're going to have a ton of victories in life. You're going to have a ton of trouble. That's the reality. So rather than getting caught up in, is this a victory day or is this a valley of the shadow of death day? How about you just rejoice in the fact that when you go to work and you're working hard, you were made to work hard. You like you're fulfilling one of your purposes here on this earth by being productive in your work, and you should rejoice in that. No doubt. It, 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 we're, we're actually going to do a series later this year about work and about how we're made to work and how it's the, the theology. Two weeks from work. now. 
Two weeks. I, I didn't realize it was that quick. That came yeah. fast. This weekend, Pastor Rob's preaching on favor, which is a part of our vision. We preached daily salvations and praise last weekend with the campus pastors. Uh, but this weekend is favor. Two weeks from now is made for Mondays, bringing back Let's the series. Let's go. Let's go. I you were made not just for the weekend. And, and honestly, the world lives for the weekend. But we as Christ followers, we live from Monday after we worship Jesus, we go back into the world to reach them for the gospel message of Jesus, see people get saved. We were made for Mondays. No doubt. No doubt. And the other thing we didn't even mention was we had youth conference this weekend. I know. And Can't breeze it, by it, to be honest. It, it, it's worth talking about. There's so many there's so many things happening. I'm like, I can't believe we forgot. I was looking at our prayer request, and the first prayer request talks about the impact for youth conference would, you know, get in the students' hearts. But anything you want to say about that? Yeah, so hearing a bunch of testimonies, there's 900 teenagers there, 14 network churches, uh, you know, were participating. And so it wasn't just our teenagers, but also 14 network churches, uh, their youth ministries there. One of the testimony videos that was shared was oh, how yeah, a teenager so uh, a teenager was ministered to um and part of his testimony was his uh his pain and depression and hopelessness in his parents divorce and the lord really uh freed him from that healed him from that um and kind of held him together and so there was altar response time for kids that are in broken families and it's unfortunate to say, but even in the church, uh, there is a ton of divorce, and that's not God's plan, and it's not His will uh, for divorce to take place as rampantly as it is or at all. Um, and still, we've got a bunch of teenagers that are spending every other weekend at Dad's house, and then you know every other week at at Mom's house, and and living in that tension. And it's it's. It's so sad, but God can hold those teenagers together. God can minister. God can give purpose and vision for the future and uh, set people free from pain or shame or the feeling of like, is this my fault? Like, And so I'm just celebrating the fact that God really ministered to many teenagers who are growing up in broken families and God's the only one that can really fill that void in their heart and set them free and give them vision for their future. So celebrating all that God did at, at youth conference, but especially ministering to teenagers that are growing up in a broken home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's so much that we could be said. Um, we want to make sure we get to prayer requests and just, again, praying for that that request that's first solidifying what happened. And, you know, just a reminder, we do so many things at church, and I know at times, even for us, it's like, I don't know that I can keep track of everything. That's okay. We are, we want you to be involved and want you to be committed to what God is doing, but we also don't want you to feel like if you miss something, if you miss the one event, you're not a part of our church. That's not it at all. No way. We want you to be engaged and serving and active, but we do so many things that it, maybe you can't possibly do everything. That's okay. But in the same way, like Kirk said, we don't want to glorify like, oh, look at God, look at how much I rested for you. We need to rest so that we can do the ministry that God has called us to do, whether it's on Monday, Sunday, Saturdays, whatever day of the week it is. And so I want to pray for just a few of the needs and then uh, some of the families that are a part of our church and um, just thanking God for all that all that we have. 
Um, as mentioned, praying for the impact of youth conference that it'd be solidified in their hearts, praying for physical, emotional, mental healing, praying for financial security, praying for hope in parenting, praying for relational issues that I have in my life. And, you know, we're praying for network churches as well. You may not know this. One of the um, things we do is we pray over network churches. We're praying for a good news church in Nebraska. We're praying for Grace Church in Michigan, Grow Church in here in Florida. We're praying for Highmark Church, which is one of our former pastors, Don Champion, in Indiana. We're praying for Hobart Assembly, another church in Indiana. So we're praying for all those people and just different families in our church. We're praying for the O'Connor family, the Richardsons, the Walkers, the Brandlins, Skeins, Pattengills, Max, uh, Beckers, Osafa Atta. We're praying for the Pudwills, the Miziners, the Grunhard, Tolifsons, Wenzels, um, Rondis Vets, I mean, Camerer, Shreffields, Shannons, the Hoppers, the Feskies, the Eastmans, the the Bertels, the Putmans, I mean, the Skoogs, the Forgies. I mean, there's so many people. And again, I apologize if I pronounced your name wrong, but we're, we're praying for you. We are praying for you, your families. We're lifting you up, your kids. We have their names here. And uh, we're just so grateful for you being a part of our church. Yeah, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for all the people that are part of our church. And we ask that you'd meet needs. All these families, I know many of them, uh, recognizing their last names and 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 some of them are just such faithful people and have been a part of our church a long time some i haven't seen for a while and i i don't know where they're at or what they're up to and so lord i just pray that you would draw each of these families uh closer to you and uh more involved in a part of our church growing them in their personal leadership and spiritual leadership not just uh in the church but also in their homes and in their communities lord we just pray over all of these families your hand of blessing all the needs that are represented i know there there are a lot of needs that i've been hearing about more often not not only the the teenagers growing up in in divorce homes but i know people that are dealing with cancer and dealing with sickness and dealing with hopelessness and just got a message from uh, somebody that is uh, preparing to get divorced after a year of marriage, and she's right now in a homeless shelter with with her son. She she's a part of our church, and and so our our team is responding and and bringing support. But there there are real needs in our church, Lord. You are the only solution. Uh, we're going to do our best to use our gifts to meet needs uh, in the physical and and as the church, but. But God, you have to fill the void and you have to do the miraculous and you have to heal and, and provide and, and it's your joy to do so. It's not, it's not hard for you and it's not a bother to you. It's, it's your joy. And so Lord, we just ask you to do literally what is your joy to do um, for your children to experience heaven on earth. And so please intervene in these situations and in these lives where there's real need and pain and hurt and grief. I got another message from somebody that's just struggling through the grief of the loss of two loved ones um, more recently and just struggling to get to get through the grief of the loss of two loved ones. Um, praying for Jackie Marks this week as she lost her mother um, at 92 years old. And and Lord, I thank you for the Marks family. Just surround them with your peace. And so I'm aware of, uh, of just a fraction of the needs that are in our church, but you see them all. And 
I feel right now just led to pray the prayer of Jabez over our, our church. Lord, that you would bless our church indeed, each individual family and each individual person. Lord, enlarge their territory, um, enlarge their influence, enlarge uh, their ability to advance the kingdom around them. Lord, I pray that your hand of favor would be upon them. Uh, that's what Pastor Rob's preaching this weekend is on favor. And Lord, I ask that your favor would be on our church and that you would keep evil far from them. Uh, Lord, keep evil far from our church. No uh, attack of the enemy uh, can prosper. That you would guard us, you would protect us, you would cover us, you would shelter us. Um, Lord, that we would be safe in your wings, safe in in who you are. You're our refuge, Lord. And so I just pray that over our church, the prayer of Jabez, Lord, bless this church indeed. And um, as we get ready to go into the weekend, preaching on favor, uh, Lord, open up new doors, open up new opportunity. Where 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 the answer was no before, let it turn to a yes. Where, where the answer was not a chance, um, Lord, turn it into a absolutely this is a God thing. Um, Lord, where the diagnosis was bad, I just pray that favor would be on your church and the diagnosis would miraculously change to, oh, we must have misread this or misprinted or it was not what we, you know, this is an unexplainable medical miracle. God, you're able to do it. I'm asking for new favor on your church, each family, each individual, your healing touch, your provision, uh, dreams coming true like never before in our church. I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen.
looking for your vision to see the way you see Lord help my unbelief you can do all things just like you say the water from rocks the life from the dead you spoke to the formless in dark your promise still shone in the stars you can do all things you always do breath to the dry bones and spirits renew you take the to the River Valley Podcast. It would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody. We hope that this isn't just for people in our church. We hope that this is people far beyond that, but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet. We're talking about it on weekends. We're sharing in announcements, but maybe you're a listener, but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus. So would you send it to them, share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast. If you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at River Valley MN. You can also uh, email us, finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend.
Thank you.